And I know our team is excited to uh, share just a glimpse of what we experienced. And it's hard to share about an entire week um, sometimes and what God has done. And so we have five individuals that are going to share stories, and then uh, we'll have five more do an interview type thing. And so you guys will catch a glimpse of what God did. But we started off with team pictures um, from the last 14 years of our trip, dating all the way back to 2006. And the reason why I wanted to do that is because part of me realized this week just how much it takes and how big the mission is that God has given us. Um, A quote at the beginning talking about the Great Commission, how it's too big for any of us to do alone, but it's too important not to do together. And that's what it takes. And I went through and I looked and through the records that we've had from Quinn and Bryn and now myself, um, there have been over 140 people from the Norris area that have gone on the White Earth Mission trip over these last 14 years. There's also been 57 other individuals from Westwood Church and a church in Illinois that joined us over um, during one of the years of the trips. And so you look at that, and that's almost 200 people that our church, our congregation, has sent um, to fulfill the Great Commission and to go and share God's love and message with the world. And that, to me, is just incredible. Um, to know that God has written a chapter in our church's history uh, where we have gone 10 hours away and shared the gospel and impacted an entire generation of people and of kids. And that is such a cool picture for us. And so I'm just going to give a brief overview of the trip. I don't want to share too much and steal anybody's story, but uh, we had a fantastic week. Uh, We left Saturday the 8th and Uh, The weather was pretty good all the way up there, and then right on the south side of Fargo, uh, we were driving, and there's this huge storm coming in, and uh, severe thunderstorm watch, and we're like, great, and so we pull off and wait a second. Well, the rain stayed way ahead of us, so that was God answering a huge prayer there, and so um, that's just kind of how the week went, I feel like. There were things and obstacles that appeared to be coming our way, but Our team did such a good job of navigating those obstacles and adapting um, to changes throughout the week. And that's what it takes sometimes when you're on a trip like that. You have expectations, but they're not always met. It doesn't always go exactly how you feel. But uh, the group of people that we took this year, um, I when I got back, I said this was one of the most fun and enjoyable trips that I've ever been on with a group of people. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they worked so well together. Uh, We were all united for one vision, for one purpose, and we knew why we were there and what we wanted to accomplish. And so they worked really well together. They adapted well. We laughed a lot, uh, which was a lot of fun. And so we just did a lot of good. We saw God move in big ways. Um, Also, during the slideshow, you saw some pictures of... Uh, the work project and what they did. And so the Rice Lake Church is um, a small church, and it's been around, I think, they built it in 2003, Pastor Tim said when we were up there. And it had not had new doors in that whole time. And so the last several years we've been going up there, Pastor Tim would always tell us about a break-in. People had broken in, stolen stuff. And so 
we decided that we were going to replace the doors up there this year because they were just your normal, typical wooden doors with a bolt lock on them, and they were just ripping those open um, and getting in and stealing things. And so we decided that we were going to invest in that church and put in some good, solid steel doors. And so uh, we're hoping... Um, that through all the labor and the work that that offers them a little more protection from that. And so I know it was a challenge for those guys and uh, they thought they measured the doors right and we get up there and they had to cut bigger holes in the walls for the doors to fit in and that was a little unexpected. And But it was a good challenge for them. They ate at their favorite restaurant, Culver's, probably three or four times that week. I don't know. Because they had to go to Menard's and uh, that's just the nature of the trip, but it was enjoyable. It was good. They got done what they wanted. They also painted the rest of the doors in that facility as well. Um, and so that was just a huge blessing. And then to see Friday when they came and got the keys for the new doors, just how excited they were about that. Um, and so it's just so cool to see excitement in people and just little things that we can do. Uh, to impact it. And so our verse, our theme verse for the whole week uh, was 1 Corinthians 10.31, and it's, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And so that was the intention with what we went up there with. Whatever we do this week, whether it's cleaning up breakfast, whether it's picking kids up on vans, whether it's dropping them off, whether it's helping them with crafts, whether it's cutting a hole in a wall, we want to do it for the glory of God. And I think... Hopefully somebody shares, we'll see, but they were impacted by that, and I know that since they've gotten back, several of them have said, that's something I've been thinking about every day, is everything I do today needs to be for the glory of God. And so that's just something really cool to learn. But with that being said, I'm going to have Chet come up, and he's going to share a story from the trip, and then uh, we'll have Doyle, Graceland, Meg, and Heather come up after him. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Chet Mandley, for those of you who don't know. Uh, this is my first year going on the trip, and uh, I don't really know what to expect coming up. My mom had gone a couple times before, but uh, I don't know. I, I've never been on a mission before, and I was really excited to serve the community and uh, just use what God's given me to uh, impact other people's lives, because he's impacted mine so much just in the last year, but... Um, I was leading one of the day camps and helping with 9- to 12-year-olds at the other camp. But I also had the chance to lead devotionals back at the, our team camp, and uh, that was really cool for me. That was my favorite part, just because I could feel the Spirit working in me and tell me what I needed to say and share with the, these people that came up with me. And uh, it was not me talking up there. It was all God. And I really hope that everyone was able to take something out of that. But um, something that... Uh, really stood out to me from the trip was just the community that we were able to share in, both with the team, our team camp and at the day camps. Uh, I didn't really get a chance to interact with a lot of the kids just one-on-one, but still there would be kids that would just run up to me each day and give me a hug and just be so excited to see me and the whole team there to just be there and love them. And the love that they have for us is really, is really awesome to see and very encouraging. But um, back at our team camp... Uh, with the community there, um, I was able to talk just one-on-one with several members about what God's done in my life and how God's been working in their lives, and just share testimonies with each other and grow together, And or that's in deep conversations that we have late at night or any time during the day, or if that's in silly games of silent football. Uh, we were able to enjoy a lot of time together and really just be open-hearted to each other and 
share what the Lord's really laying on our hearts and what we've, what's on our minds and what we need to get off our chests. And uh, like the, something that I remember the whole week that really impacted me, and I'll definitely try to carry on the, through the rest of my life and everything that I do, is uh, God laid on my heart to share the parable of the sower, my first devotional I had. And uh, it goes that there's a sower that goes out and throws these seeds into all these different soils. And the in three of the soils, they might grow, they might not. But ultimately, they aren't able to produce fruit because they either die or just aren't capable of that because of their environment. But uh, in the fourth soil, they're allowed to grow and produce fruit. And it's not our job as the sowers to help them and uh, cut back the things that aren't producing fruit so that they can. It's our job to just plant those seeds and let God do the rest of the work. And uh, that's just something that really set the tone for me for the whole week. And uh, I'll definitely remember for, for in everything I'm doing in life and serving up in Wayne at college or just in everyday life here the rest of this summer um, at work or with this internship I have or just whatever it is in everyday life. Just always be constantly prepared to go out and throw those seeds wherever God tells me to put them. And, yeah, just being having that boldness and that willingness to serve uh, it's definitely something that I've felt so much this in this last, just this last year and last few months, just uh, having that heart for service and going wherever God calls me to go. So I don't have, like, a deep story or anything to share. Um, didn't have, like, super crazy connection or story like a lot of years, but I'm sure those will come. Just to let everybody know, all of these kids, they're not kids. These young people, young adults did a fantastic job. And Chet, I was blown away by what you did this last, that week that we were up there. It was a real honor to get to know you a little bit better. To hear your story was uh, inspiring for me. So, well done. I'll try to say this next part without crying, but that's okay, I guess. What an honor it was to serve with each and every one of you this week that we spent up there. Watching God work through you guys was amazing. All of you should be, well, I'm going to say proud, proud in a good way of what you did up there, sharing God's love and mercy was something that I've always cherished in the past trips, and you did fantastic. As you think about that week, it's tough. There's a lot of tough times there. And my prayer for you was that you would seek God for his strength and not your own when you were at your lowest. So if you take that forward in the rest of your days here on this earth, you will succeed. So I thank each and every one of you for what you did. You made an eternal difference in my life and in the lives of those people up there. It's tough. It's really tough, but it's glorious, and I thank you for that. My job on the trip was to work alongside my bride work alongside (laughs) 
And that's always been an honor to be able to do that. Um, we arrive ahead of, Terry and I arrive ahead of the team on Saturday. We got there Saturday morning and we get to the school at Natawash. And maybe for those beginners or the new people in church, we serve two communities, Rice Lake and Natawash. And at Natawash, they've allowed us to use their charter school to kind of headquarter and cook all the meals from. And that's where also the day camp is done in the afternoon. So Terry and I arrive there Saturday morning, and one of the first things that we spot is a sign on the door talking about serving community meals. They do that during the summer for a couple weeks, I believe. But the sign said they were doing it at the same time that we're up there, so they need the kitchen. This is on Saturday morning. I'm shaken. Just remembering, oh, now what, God? So over the course of Saturday and Sunday, we had gotten a number to just to find out what's going on. And I tried calling it several times through the weekend and could not make connection. So Terry and I just said, well, we're going to show up Monday morning. We're going to see what God's got in mind. So we show up Monday morning, and the lady that cooks the meals, Terry and I got there early to do our thing, and by the time we got done, she was late, and she showed up, and it worked that way through the whole week. In other words, we got our thing done, she showed up, got her things done, she got done, Terry and I got back there in the afternoon to cook the meal for the evening, so it just worked fantastic, not without some challenges, but it still worked well. Then it was on Tuesday. Am I stealing anybody's thunder here? Okay. Tuesday afternoon is when the day camp at Native Wash is, and Terry and I had already gotten there, and the, or the crew had gotten there and found out that the school had double-booked activities in the school for the afternoon on Tuesday and Thursday, meaning there's two different groups they are going to try to use the school, us being one of them. But the team and Ian adapted. didn't affect Terry and I in the kitchen, but it did affect the team. My whole point in sharing all of this is God is in control. Now, it may not turn out how you would like, but it's always the best. And he just shows up time and time again if we will just trust him and believe in him that things will work out to his glory if we make him our Lord and Savior. So it was just a reiteration of a little bit of anxiety. Oh, what are we going to do to surrender, saying, God, this is yours. You take it and do what you want with it. And it was awesome. Okay, my name is Gracelyn, uh, for those of you who don't know, and this was my third year going up to Minnesota, and by the end of my first year, my heart was just overfilled with joy and love for these kids, and I knew I really wanted to come back, and I came back again that following year, 
and then I came back again this year. But this year was a lot different. Um, it was our last year, if you didn't know. And so leading up to the trip, my heart was just so broken. Um, knowing that it was going to be our last year and saying goodbye to so many kids I made so many connections with. And it was super hard, but um, when I got up there, I led uh, day camps in the afternoons, but Rice Lake kind of just floated around. And then Ian put me on the second day with a 3 to 5, and then the following days I was with 9 to 12, and my heart was just overfilled being able to, like, work with the kids again because I hadn't done that last year because I was leading day day camps at both Rice Lake and Ada Wash. And it was just such an amazing experience being able to just put down my camera from taking pictures and just really sit down and enjoy loving on these kids and having the best time with them. Um, the team this year was really awesome. We had so many laughs, um, like, often. And it was just the funnest thing ever. I think I had the most fun this year than I did in my past two years, which is a lot um, to say. And at the beginning of the week at NATO Wash, the past, last year, I fell in love with this family of three brothers, um, Kale, Cash, and Cade. And on Monday, only two of the boys came, and it was just, I love them, and I was so glad to see them, but my heart was just broken because uh, the oldest, Cash, didn't show up. And so it was really sad. Tuesday came around. He still wasn't there. And that night, I was with my small group, and they had asked for prayer requests, and I prayed that Cade would, or Cash would come up. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, just so I could say hi and say goodbye. And to my surprise on Wednesday, uh, the van pulled up and there was cash. And I literally broke down into tears. I was just so overfilled with joy and happiness to see cash. Um, he had changed so much and grown up. It was, it's crazy to see kids grow up so fast in three years. But my heart was just so overfilled with just joy and seeing him being able to say goodbye one last time. Uh, sorry, I'm choking up. It's really emotional. Um, probably the highlight of my week was a kid had asked at the beginning of day camps at Nato Wash if I could hit the woe. And for those of you who don't know what hitting the woe is, I will I will demonstrate. So I did that in front of 70 kids. That was fun. And then they kept asking me if I could just dance. So do like Fortnite dances. I'm not going to demonstrate those because that's kind of embarrassing. Um, but it was just so fun. I don't know if I had that much fun opening a day camp, um, in my past two years. Um, Fortnite dancing, never thought I would do that, especially in front of kids. Um, I can do it in front of my friends without, like, getting embarrassed, but in front of kids, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to embarrass myself. But seeing the laughter and the smiles on their faces was just so overfilling me with joy, and I just loved being there. Um, I don't know if I have anything else to say, but, uh, I'm just thankful I got to serve up there one last time and just really opening my heart to loving on these kids and just serving the Lord and serving those communities was just really the highlight of my summers. My name is Meg Gradup. I have been serving at the White Earth community for the past eight summers since I was 16, so... Um, it's been a real joy to grow up alongside of this community and just see how God has worked in them over the past eight years. It's been a wild ride. When I was thinking about what I wanted to share with all of you today, the idea of joy and patience 
was brought up over and over in my mind. Um, and I think that's kind of the lesson and the reminder um, and the promise that God has been revealing to me as I've kind of debriefed over the last week. Um, and just a couple of things that really solidified that idea for me was just that um, I was able to work with a lot of the teenagers with Shelby this week, and it was just a really sweet time to spend time with kids that have been coming to camp since they were really little. Um, some of them have been coming for 14 years because they're they're 17 now, and they're, they're there, and they're ready uh, for camp, and they're ready to spend time with us. So it's been a real honor to see them grow into young adults um, and to grow up alongside of them and to encourage each other and to really be able to call them my friends um, and to to encourage each other as we're home, too. Um, But one of the most beautiful things was just that uh, there were a few kids, one in particular, her name is Louise, and she is funny. She is a funny kid. She... Um, is 17 now, and she's going to be a Marine. And when I first met Louise all those years ago, she was one of the most combative and angry kids that I had ever met. Um, she, you might have heard about her and her sisters. Um, her older sister, Alana, fought for custody over her sisters last summer. Um, her younger sister, Katie, almost died couple months ago in a car accident. Um, so they've just, they've been through the ringer. Um, and so every year, getting time to spend with Louise has just been really special for me to see her grow and to figure out how to handle herself. Um, she's, she's always fighting. She's been on probation. She's been in anger management classes, all of these things. Um, and to see her this summer, I had never seen her so peaceful and just to see her happy, and to, to play a three-on-three game of basketball with her where she didn't hit somebody or throw a ball at somebody or just get really angry, but was giving people high fives and was encouraging me, and I'm terrible at basketball, and was being really supportive and just really happy. Um, it just showed me how much God can work in a person's life and the, the idea of waiting patiently on the Lord to see him um, to grow a person. It's been really beautiful. Um, But I think one of my favorite moments uh, this last week was there's a a young boy, his name is Fire. He lives in Natawash. And he and I didn't get to spend a lot of time together throughout the week. But to give you a little picture of what Fire is like, on the playground at Natawash, there's this big pole with like a basket at the top where you can throw a ball in and it'll come out of one of three holes. And I don't know why the kids like to play with it, but I guess it's fun. So Fire would climb up the pole and sit in the basket for however long he wanted to. He would just sit in the basket. Sometimes he would stand up and dance. Sometimes he would just hide in there. But he would always throw his shoes and socks out. So every day somebody, usually me, would throw his shoes back up to him and say, Fire, we got to go inside. And on the last day of camp, during our last large group, um, Graceland was up at the front, leading the way, getting kids to talk about what they had learned and all of this. Um, and I sat next to Fire. And he leans over to me, and he's like, Megalodon. So that was my camp name. Megalodon, why did we have an egg 
during our lesson today. During our small groups, each group had a hard-boiled egg, and we used it to essentially share the gospel. So we wrote, and I explained this to him as I'm explaining it to you now, we wrote with red sharpie different sins and things that aren't pleasing to God on the egg to show him, this is us, and we are sinful, and we, we lie, and we cheat, and we're mean to our siblings, and all of these things. And we can't get this permanent marker off of us, right? It stains us, and it's wrong. Um, and then we get to crack the egg on the ground and say, that's what Jesus does for us. He cracks our sin open, he peels it off of us, and he makes us white as snow. He makes us pure and clean as this new egg that's white on the inside now. And being able to share that with him just in a few seconds during large group time as all these kids are running around and he and I are just locked in talking about the gospel. Um, I asked him, Fire, does that make sense? Is that something that's interesting to you? Um, And he was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Fire, do you believe that Jesus died for you and for me and for everybody here? I think I do. Fire, do you do you wanna do you wanna live for Jesus? Yes! Yes, I do. And so he and I got to pray together and it it was just, just amazing moment of me being like, ah, is he doing this just because he knows that I want him to say this? Is he doing this because he doesn't know what else to do? And God came God came over us in that moment and just assured me that that he was stirring in fire's young heart and that heaven was rejoicing with me as another name was written in the book of life. Um, And just a a really sweet reminder that the patience of serving this community for eight years has been so worth it and so worth the heartache um, and the frustration and the disappointment. Um, But to see him, to see him filled with the joy of the Lord in that last moment together was Nothing compares to that. So I wasn't here for, like, all of this happening, so I got some notes so I don't mess it up. So this all started, this whole story started on Sunday when we go flyering, and my sister, Krista, came into contact. They thought that it was just a house, and they walked up and knocked on the door and started, like, hey, we have Hope Day Camp. Do you have any kids here? And it was actually, like, a small church in this house, basically. And so... um, the they just kind of talked to the like there was a the pastor is from Minneapolis and he comes up like two three times a month and they talked then there's Rebecca who is kind of like the person at who lives in Natawash that like watches over the church and occasionally preaches and they actually like prayed over that group of team members who was there and prayed for our mission and just the week going like fantastic And we found out that they kind of needed help with just painting stuff at their church. And so we were like, we could probably do that. And so they gave us like a phone number and an email. And they left and headed off to continue flyering. And Monday and Tuesday passed. And the work crew just had some complications with the doors and stuff. And it just, we didn't get to it, basically. We forgot. (laughs) And so Wednesday before NATO wash camp, Um, we were just kind of getting ready. The kids were, like, gathering in the, like, recess area for camp, and Rebecca actually showed up at the school and was just like, hey, we still have this painting. They even had, like, the paint and the paintbrushes. They had everything we needed. 
And so we decided that on Friday, when we usually have free time and we just kind of hang out at Hudal and celebrate the week, that we would send a couple of people up to this church to just paint, basically. And so uh, Friday after the community dinner, eight of us went. And the community dinner ran later than we thought it would. And then we actually made a wrong turn when we were leaving. And we ended up in a town called uh, Ibro, which is like 10 miles out of the road. So that added like a half an hour in. I think we were like an hour late by the time we got to the church. Then on top of that, we got there and there were a lot more projects than we expected. And we were just like a little bit overwhelmed. We had like two, three hours to get all this stuff done. And so we just kind of divided and conquered and we got every project that she had planned for us done. So we, just to list off some things, we painted the stairs, uh, the patio deck, a bathroom door, a buffet table, and we also helped organize some rooms that had, like, heavier objects that they just couldn't get on their own. And it was just really fun to, like, do something different than what we normally do. A lot of us had only ever done day camp, so the work project was cool. Uh, In addition, we learned a lot about their church, Um, Their congregation has about 60 people, which is quite a bit for, like, that community. It's hard to find a church with that size. And then their drive, we learned, was amazing. They uh, had so many ideas for how they could improve their nursery space and their church services. And they actually wanted to start a 12 and up youth Wednesday night program, which is amazing. Those kids don't have the same programs that we have here. So for them to have a Wednesday night program would be so amazing. Uh, And then it was like, as we walked through the church and Rebecca was talking to us, she was like telling us like, oh, there's this project, but we could also do that later. And I guess that just stuck out to me because like they had so much drive to get things done and improve their community. And uh, just the fact that they would save a project for them to do is something that I've just never seen up there. And then lastly, they she talked about how she actively gives out quilts to the homeless that they find. And there's new mothers who have nothing, um, no home, no anything. And they give out care packages. And just the activity that the, that church does in the community was so cool to see. So I, for me, the week was so hard. It was a harder week than I think I've ever had. And we got to Friday, and I was just so exhausted Partially because throughout the week, God kept giving me this dream and future for the future of white earth. And it just wasn't convenient, obviously, because it's the last year. And it was really hard for me to get past this this calling that God keeps telling me, there's a future in white earth, there's a future in white earth. And it it was really scary for me to, like, encounter that because I just wasn't ready for me. It just was really scary, that idea of having a calling that isn't something that a lot of people are facing right now. And so it was time when it was time to say goodbye to the kids, I I had known them for six years. Some of them are my age and they're my friends and I just know them so well. And so I didn't end up saying goodbye to them. I actually told many of them that I would be doing my best to come back. And that was just what God laid on my heart. And I was afraid, I'm still afraid of what I'm going to, like what God has for me in the future, but I know that God is holding that in his hands, and honestly, I'm excited. I'm afraid, but I'm excited for what he has for me next, and even 
though it's like terrifying and it's an idea that I didn't think that God would lay on my heart, that's where I'm at right now. So I thought I'd share that story and what God got for me out of it. So Yeah, it's just cool to see the way that God continues to work up there in spite of us and um, through us and in our absence as well. And then we're going to do a short, quick mock interview for you guys, just for you to hear that. I'm just going to start off by you guys sharing your names. My name is Sierra Bryant. I'm JC Osborne. I'm Avrana Alt. I'm Krista Renchi. And I'm Josh Gottwald. All right. So, um... What were your expectations going into the trip, maybe for your first time, maybe you've been up there before, and were those expectations met? Were you disappointed in any way? Um, So this was my first year going, and I actually expected it to be really cheesy and kind of weird, so I was really reluctant to going on the trip, but my mom pushed me to go on it, but I'm so happy that I did, and I was also hopeful that I would grow in my faith, because Um, Before I went, I was having huge doubts, but now that I've gone on the trip, like, I'm 100%, I know God is real, like, I know it in my heart, and I'm so thankful for Mary Jean and everybody who helped pay for my trip, and my grandma paid for such a huge part of the trip, and I'm so appreciative of that, so. So, this was my first year going, and going into it, I had no idea what to expect. I'd seen some pictures from previous years, but I just didn't know what to think going into it. But it ended up being an incredible experience, and I definitely was not disappointed. It was one of the best weeks of my life being up there and seeing the whole, all this community. So this is also my first year going, and I had no idea what to expect. I was super nervous, nervous before I left. I was, like, freaking out, but I was super excited at the same time, so it was, like, mixed emotions. But um, like JC said, it definitely did not disappoint. I am 100% glad that I went um, I really felt like God called me on this just to grow in my faith and share his love to others. I've been on this trip six years, I think, and one thing I always expect is a challenge because every year something goes awry and we have to trust God to bring us through. Um, This year it was the school at Natawash being double booked and one day with rain on top of that, and we had to put indoor games and outdoor games in the same room together. And we made it through, but you have to trust and yell a lot. <laughs> so, Yeah, so the next question I have, um, how did God change your view of this world um, as a result of your experiences up there? I mean, just through this trip, it's changed a lot because you think of America or whatever, and we're doing pretty well, um, but there's so many places that we're not. So it's always cool to kind of see the other side without having to go to the other side of the world. I feel really blessed always when I'm there, and especially when I'm back here. It's just a lot of a lot of eye-opening experiences. One thing that I noticed this week is just how much God grows people. Like when I first went on this trip, the community was pretty rough. It, in a lot of ways, it still is. But I remember distinctly we did not use. Like, we didn't talk about the cross, and we talked about creator instead of God and Jesus because we were just respecting their um, history and their nation's history with uh, experiences with Christianity. But going there this year, the kids know Sunday school answers, and we'll be like, today we're going to talk about how Jesus shared some fish. And they're like, 
oh, that's the one where it just multiplied. Like, they already knew the stories. And they were like, we got this. Like, we don't need you to tell us this again. And we did anyway. And they still enjoyed it. But just the fact that they already know the stories now, whereas just six years ago, they didn't know the name Jesus. Like, and we didn't talk about that to respect them. And now they, they want to hear that. Well, I knew that other people didn't really live like how we do and stuff like that. And it was just kind of... It was cool to really experience that and to see all the different um, groups of people and just see how they interact with one another and just see how they really live on an everyday basis. So with this trip, the one thing God really gave me was perspective. Because before, I don't know, like just seeing how little some of these children have and how happy they can be with it, it really allowed me to appreciate all that I have and realize how blessed I truly am. Um, yeah, going along with what JC said, um, a lot of them, like, their clothes don't fit and they have scratches all over. And, like, a lot of them, they don't get the love that they need at home. And so it made me realize that the small things you do really matter and the way you think matters. And coming back from the trip, I'm more aware of my thoughts and the way I'm talking to my family and the way I'm talking to my friends because those things matter. And even though this is such a big trip and it, like Ian said, it takes such a big, a big movement to change the community. Like the little things that you do are so important. And so, yeah. Are there... There we go. Are there any moments uh, from the trip that stick out to you above the rest at all? Um, One for me is I worked with the three to five-year-olds, so, like, a lot of them don't necessarily understand what you're saying sometimes. And it can be really discouraging when you're trying to teach them the lesson and they're like, ah, you know, and running all around wanting to play duck, duck, goose. And so with them, it's, it's more about the love sometimes than it is about the word of Jesus, and I know that's kind of going against the whole mission trip, but it was discouraging when they, when you think that they weren't getting the message, but like later during crafts or even when I was eating dinner with them, they would be like, you know, God is so nice, or they would talk about the lesson that I'd shared, and it was just, it was really relieving, and it was really encouraging. So Sunday we had gone flyering to share about Hope Day Camp, and I was on Orange Van, and Orange Van had quite the experience flyering. We had run into couple situations and so the first house that I had gone up to and this is my first year going uh, we had kind of an unpleasant experience with a man and he was just not wanting to hear about the day camp and wanted us to leave and made that very clear and so uh, having that experience it made me kind of nervous to go up to all the other houses and I really just didn't know Uh, what to expect with all the other houses and I just remember going up to one of the houses and knocking on the door and telling about the camp and just seeing these kids rush to the door they were just so excited their eyes lit up and the mom says she was saying how the kids have been waiting all year for this and that just really reassured me that I know I'm doing I'm here to do something good and that these people they're really looking forward to it and this is something that It's really important for the community. So, yeah, like I said before, this was my first year, and it's really cool just to see how close you can get with the kids, um, with a matter of fact, in just a few days. And it was one of the moments that stuck out to me was when we were getting in line for dinner. This little boy named Chase, 
he was just attached to me. He would not let go. And, like, he grabbed onto my ankles and just laid down. And so, like, I had to walk with him, laying down, holding onto my ankles while I'm trying to get my food. And so it just, it was just really cool because um, it showed me, like, how much I can really love someone in just a matter of days. And they can show the same. One of the kids I've been closest with is Kenny. Um, We've watched him grow up. He considers himself part of our team, which is just the cutest thing. Um, I had seen on Facebook a few weeks before we went that he was moved from his foster home. So going on the trip this year, I didn't know if I would get to see him. And knowing that this may be our last time there, I didn't know if I would get to see him one last time. And flyering, I was just feeling really discouraged that day. Didn't really know what I was doing there, if this was possibly our last trip. Like, why am, why am I even here? And then I walked up to a birthday party, of all things. It was really awkward. But there's a whole bunch of kids, and I was like, is there an adult here? And this little girl goes in and just screams, we need an adult, like, into the house. <laughs> and of all things, the person who rocks around the corner is Kenny. And the past few years, he's been, like, way too cool for me, that phase of life. And he just walks out and, like, lights up and gives me a big hug. And it just, like, refocused me, gave me hope that this is, there's a reason we're here. So I was an Orange fan, like JC. <laughs> um, and a moment that stuck out to me was when we were flying in Natawash still. Um, our van, one of the experiences that she kind of hinted at, was um, we saw um, kind of like a fight, I guess you could say. It was a little bit more than a fight. Um, between, they turned out to be married, a married couple, and we flyered at the neighbor's house. So we were close enough to see and hear it all, but we weren't like at the doorstep. And um, that kind of stuck out with me throughout the week because I pick up kids on that route. So I'm going to drive by that house every day. And um, we talked to the neighbor often, me and Tracy did, and got updates every day. Um, Sunday was the fight. Monday, there was an ambulance there. Um, And then we heard on Thursday, I think it was Thursday, that the woman ended up moving out, took the kids with her, and just kind of that safety as we're leaving. Like, it was good closure at the end of the week to hear that whatever we saw the family's safe again. So that whole house kind of stuck out to me throughout the entire week. Yeah, and it's crazy some of the things that we see up there. And, you know, that was one experience we didn't want to have, but, you know, we saw. And it's just unique that Josh was there because Josh is the type of person. He's been up there six years, seven years, I can't remember. And um, I, I joked earlier this week when our team was meeting that I think that the other three vans that drove routes picked up more kids on the Orange Band route than the Orange Band did um, throughout the whole week. And a lot of that is because of Josh. And um, it's good because Josh is so intentional. Um, he will go up to every single house. He will have a conversation with every single person he sees. And um, and so for Josh to be in that situation, I think was good um, in the midst of that. And he could, you know, probably speak more to that. But um, so the final question I have for you guys is um, 
how can we be praying for you? How can we be praying for the team and the people of White Earth um, now that we're home? A theme that I saw this week was that we're not the only group that goes up to Rice Lake and Natawash. Um, a lot of kids talked about how much cooler we are than the other kids that come up. Um, comforting. But it's also good to hear that there are other people. Um, I had a girl ask me, do you go to the Elbow Lake camp too? Because there's a Josh just like you that goes there. Like, no, I don't. Um, but it's just cool to see um, other people reaching out there and reaching out to White Earth, kind of smooth transition, hopefully, as we depart. Um, I think just to pray to like keep having us spread and teach the word of God and just um, spread uh, our love to everyone else and just really enjoy that time. Yeah, like Brianna, I just pray that those children continue to seek out to God and grow their relationship with him. And then for our team, I pray for healing because I know a lot of illness has been going around and bouncing throughout our team. Okay, so I wrote a little paragraph here, so get ready. But um, um, So for me, like praying for me, I want to continue to praise the Lord and work on strengthening my relationship with him. And I don't want to fall out of it again because being in that dark place is not a good feeling. And I want the kids up there that don't have a lot, I want them to not feel limited. And I want them to know that they can accomplish their dreams and the things they aspire to be. Because I think that that's a main thing up there is like they follow the footsteps of their parents or relatives. And and a lot of the times those footsteps aren't good ones. But um, the kids will forever hold a special place in my heart. And they have impacted me more than they'll ever know. And going up to Minnesota was hands down the best experience of my life. So coming back, uh, relationships like that don't just disappear overnight, and they're not going to. So many of us are still in contact with the kids, some adults, and um, just a time of transition for all of us, um, a transition in how we're going to keep in contact, what our relationships look like now, and just being able to grow relationships even though we're not there physically for the moment. It's just so important, you know, again, the theme is that God is so much bigger than us, than our group, than our church, and He's at work in ways that we don't see oftentimes in life. And so we just hope that uh, through this experience, you guys have been challenged to think about the ways that you're sharing uh, the love and message of Jesus with the world as well.